This is the EVP Podcast. Welcome to a new episode of the EVP Podcast, and happy 4th of July, everybody. America. America. Oh, yeah? Oh, my <laughs> gosh. <laughs> what a great social media post we had oh, recently. Oh, was that good or what? With Beaker doing the hashtag balance challenge. Make sure you go to evp.pod on Instagram and Facebook. Hey, yo, I balanced out. like a champion, You right? did. That's the point of it, right? <laughs> the balance challenge. You, gotta, you, see if you, you can... were on your one foot like a champ. Yep. I was impressed. Yeah, I brought my milkshake before I challenged. That's <laughs> right. I brought it all, bitches. <laughs> well, welcome, everybody. It is another episode, and I am Ghosty. I'm Beaker. I'm D-V-O. And here we are again with some shenanigans. <laughs> some fun, <laughs> spooky shenanigans. Oh, yeah. So, I swear to God, I'll pistol whip the next person that says shenanigans. Name mm-hmm. that movie. Name that movie. Waiting. Nope. Eat wrong. Never heard of it. Super Troopers. You guys lose. I haven't seen Super oh, Troopers. Oh, shit. I haven't seen it. You haven't? They're making Super Troopers 2, they're aren't they? They've already, that came out a couple oh, years ago. Yeah, I haven't watched it. <laughs> Either one. <laughs> Well, let's start off this episode with some uh, some spooky tales. Do you have spooky some spooky tales, tales for us, Beaker? Yeah, Manny. He's sitting right there. Don't call him over here. He's going to tap dance. I know. Shit. <laughs> Don't do that. He's like, my tale is spooky. <laughs> so we've actually had a couple of people reach out to us on the emails. And, Thank you. And uh, told us some of their stories. So I, I will leave out names and places uh, as per request. Uh, when people request that, I do have... Another, so I got stories from two different people. One person, he's okay with me using their name. Uh, the other person, I, I will leave this anonymous. But um, this individual reached out to us shortly after listening to our episode on sleep paralysis and ah. wanted to share their experience with sleep paralysis. Um, I said it was about 13 years ago and they'd uh, woken up suddenly. Uh, they grabbed their phone to see what time it was uh, since the VCR in the room was only flashing like 12 o'clock, you know, the old yeah. school. VCRs flash on 12 o'clock, light up your entire room so you can see everything. Um, so I, I, I guess it was... Uh, so it happened to Ghosty, right? Same thing. Flashing 12, wasn't it? No, it was just the ambiance of the light. Oh, okay. It wasn't All flashing, right. no. I oh, got it. But it was just bright. It was just bright. Yeah. <laughs> got it. So I guess they took their phone and uh, it was about 3 o'clock in the morning. Uh, the said, witching hour. The witching hour. Actually, the witching hour is from like midnight to like 5 in the morning or something like that. To prime long, witching hour. Yeah. Pretty much the whole time it's dark. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I guess they got up. They walked upstairs into the kitchen to get a glass of water. And then they walked back down the stairs to the basement where the room was. Uh, they put the glass of water onto the end table and climbed back into bed. Now, when they got back uh, into bed, they turned onto their side and was suddenly pushed back down onto their back. So they're trying to sleep mm. on their side. Something instantly pushed them back onto their back. And their arms were pinned down to their side. Succubus. Maybe. Hmm. Now, they said they couldn't uh, move their arms uh, or their legs. And uh, they started to, they tried to scream, but they just it came out, I guess, like as a, a kind of a screeching sound. Uh, hmm. And which I guess the sound was like involuntary. So I guess they didn't try to start screaming. They just started making this high pitched like screeching noise. Um they, they say it lasted about two minutes, but they're not entirely sure because of the moment at the time. And I know you kind of experienced it. It just seemed like it went on forever, right? As long as I could hold my breath. Yeah, it just, it, it seemed for quite some time, but I guess it was only like two minutes. 
they said they tried to call out for help, but the only noise that would come out was that just the, their words, that god-awful screech. Uh, they did manage to screech out, uh, let me go. And when they were able to get that out, it, it all stopped. Um, they've never experienced anything like that before or since. Um, now, they've read about sleep paralysis, but uh, they never felt that it was really connected. Uh, during that time of their life, uh, it was very terrifying for them uh, because at the time that they, they were just a, a teenager who thought devil worship was so cool. Um, the paralysis was one of the tipping points to moving out of their parents' house and moving in with their aunt and uncle and uh, until they found their own place. Um, they can't really say for sure that it was a demonic entity. They don't know, and they didn't really want to find out. They just kind of wanted to kind of forget it, I guess. Um Another story from the same person, actually, I guess they were, uh, they were work, they used to work nights and, uh, one of the drives home, uh, it was like when the sun was barely coming up, it was a Sunday morning and there was pretty much nobody on the road. Uh, they're coming up the, the road and off to the field over into their left, they saw this flash of light in the sky and it said that it looked like uh, it was a big sphere of energy falling from the sky. Uh, at the time their brain had processed this, uh, they thought it was like a meteorite, you know, coming out of, out of space. And they, they remember gripping the steering wheel and realizing, uh, they'd never, they hadn't buckled up. So they weren't wearing their seatbelt and they were thinking of their kids and they kind of said to themselves, like, um, you know, they thought it was going to hit their car and they just remember thinking to themselves, like, I hope they find them my body. Cause they thought this thing was going to crash into the car and kill them. And, and then all of a sudden there was just another flash and it was gone. And they still, to this day, have no idea what it was. Hmm. Weird. Interesting. First story. That's what the. Think about uh, that first story. The sleep paralysis? Yeah. Because um, you don't have, I mean, the, the fact that being pinned down is a feeling of the sleep paralysis, right? It I don't is. know about being like flipped over on your side, right. like, from your side to and your I back think, though. I think a lot of people have had similar experiences, at, but all different in their own. Yeah. So I'm sure if someone else has had this similar experience, um, I, I wouldn't say it's sleep paralysis though. Yeah. That sounds a little different. I mean, maybe being felt pinned down, you couldn't scream. That kind of sounds like it, but the laying on your side and pushed over to your back, that, that sounds a little different. Yeah, that's pretty rapey. <laughs> yeah, pretty succubusy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty bad. Huh. Well, succubuses and incubuses are something I don't ever want to deal with. Like, we had a case before. Because of mood, I mean, I guess. <laughs> I, we, we've, we've had a case in the past where uh, the client thought that they were dealing with a succubus. And the funny thing is, is as we were taking the case on and kind of... Uh, looking into it a little bit, I know that uh, Brandy and then uh, our other Brandy um, and Caden all started having weird stuff happening in their life. Uh, they like their their abilities kind of felt like blocked, hmm. so to speak. And I know there were some like random text messages that were happening at this time. And when I finally got back to the client, which was a friend of mine, and uh, we had decided that it was possible that her, her cousin, it was the one that was having the issues. Okay. Um, might've been cause he has a history of drug use. Okay. So we determined it might just be, he was started using drugs again. and was hallucinating. And the funny thing is, is when we, uh, decided to not be involved in that case, uh, things got better for 
for the Brandies and Caden. Uh, uh, so, uh, in my opinion, I think it actually was a succubus that he was dealing with, but we weren't equipped to handle it, unfortunately. That is interesting. I haven't heard anything about it since, so I think it might have moved on. Hopefully. Because um, I still keep in contact with this person. It's my friend. But they haven't told me anything about it since. Okay. So I don't know exactly what happened with that, but that's that's kind of what got me did, to believe. Did this person say this was the only time this event has happened yeah, to them? Yeah, first and only time. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Well, thanks for sharing. Yeah, I have no idea what that. Yeah. They they did say they have a lot of a lot more stories, um, and I told them they're more than welcome to share the stories with us, and we'll share Definitely. them on the air if they want us to. Yeah. Um, but for a- anyone that's listening, if you have stories that you want to share with us. Uh, feel free to email us at uh, evp.pod at gmail.com or you can hit us up on the social medias evp.pod on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, slide into our DMs. Slide into our DMs. Yes, the mighty, mighty DMs. Uh, tell us your stories and let us know if it's something you want just us to know about or if you're okay with us sharing it on the, the podcast um, and how confidential you want it if you want me to do Exactly what I just did, where I didn't mention any names or places or anything like that, or if you want us to mention your names, we can. Uh, it's up to you. But we love to hear your stories, and we love sharing the stories. I actually um, have somebody, they found our EVP podcast channel on YouTube from my personal YouTube channel, and she commented on our, I think it was our Ebor City one. That, that was Tampa, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, she actually lived in Florida. or she, I can't remember if she said she lived there or she does live there. She's got some interesting stories from that area so i actually gave her the email link i'm like hey please email some of those stories we'd love to share that so she's been watching our our youtube channel so yeah sweet people watch the ootubes Mm -hmm. yes so what about that second story though so the second story is this from uh no i'm talking about the second part of oh the the flash the light light thing yeah um you know i'm I'm not a huge believer well ufos i I believe in ufos because simply Simply a UFO is an unadded flying object. So, yes, I believe in UFOs. As far as, like, aliens go, I'm a little... The the Nordics are the ones that I fully believe in, and those aren't ones that you usually see flying in spaceships. Um, the greys are the more popular ones that people talk about, and I'm still just kind of like, if the greys are so intelligent, why are they, you know, coming after us retarded hillbillies and probing our butts, um, according I have to... theories. Yeah, Me theories. too. That's another episode, though. Yeah, I have some. <laughs> so theories. it's possible okay. it could have been some kind of like alien activity, but I don't know. That is interesting. I'm, I'm still iffy. Like the, the Nordics are the only aliens I kind of believe exist. That's just me. I mean, there could be billions of aliens out there. Every star you look at is a, oh, is a sun, people. and every sun has planets going around it. Yeah. So. We're only we only have life on this planet because we're the perfect distance from the sun. There's all those other suns out there. There's got to be planets that are perfect distances from those suns as well. How many suns do you have out there? Uh, <laughs> we'll never know. We'll never know. <laughs> and don't come knocking. Yeah, don't ask. So I don't know. I just kind of lean more towards it's possible. It's some kind of alien activity. All right. Yeah. I don't know because. Aliens, man. Aliens. I'm not saying it was aliens, but it was aliens. Definitely was aliens. <laughs> I mean, that's. I guess it makes sense, but I still struggle with the whole concept of aliens, except for the Nordics. Another episode. Another yeah, episode. Another episode. Another episode. I don't we'll want to pick each other's in. brains. Of- yes. <laughs> so the other person, the other individual, is actually someone that used to listen to the other podcast, 
uh, and that they, you were on the, the, that I was on. And they actually messaged me right about the time we got this one going. And they're like, Hey, I just wanted to tell you, like, I really miss you on the podcast. Uh, it's not the same without you. And I'm like, interesting that you say that here's the link to our new podcast. We only have like three episodes right now, but more will come. And this dude, like he, every time we got a new show out and he really enjoys it, he's always messaging me, hitting me up, uh, sending me a text to let me know how much he's enjoying the new show. Uh, he's, I told him, you know, I appreciate your support. And he says, you know, anytime, like you've, you guys have made a lifelong fan. Uh, so nice. really appreciate your, your love and support and, and listening to the show. Um, but he actually, one of the times that he hit me up, um, I guess he moved into a new house and he was having some activity and unfortunately it's not something that I can easily get to because we don't live in the same state, but okay. I did give him some advice on how to properly sage his home. He was using a Severn shocker sage that he had bought. And I gave him the walkthrough on how to, you know, go through, start at the one part of your house, uh, make sure you're going clockwise through all the rooms mm-hmm. and through the house, and then ending at one of the doors. So you're pushing all the, the energy out the door. So I gave him instructions on how to properly sage his house. And, um, you know, he's asked for other advice on, on stuff throughout the, the last couple of years. And, you know, I just give him my advice and, and tell him what I would do. Um, I recently got him to buy a pendulum because he was wondering if he might have portals, and I explained to him kind of how you can find portals using a pendulum. And uh, I told him how to properly keep himself grounded in that uh, using, like, when I use a pendulum, I usually have a piece of selenite and maybe a piece of tourmaline on me uh, to keep myself grounded and keep myself clear so I'm not dealing with, uh, so if I do deal with, like, something more negative that's trying to use the pendulum, I'm kind of hopefully just trying to ward him off a little bit. Okay. Um, but yeah, I, I showed him, you know, and I referenced some YouTube videos to kind of show you what showed him what it would look like when you, when you find the pendulum or find a portal. And, uh, you know, he's told me we can share that on the show. He's, he's appreciative for the, the help that I've given him the, that little bit. I feel like I, you know, obviously there's only so much I can do when you live across the country. <laughs> sure. Um, but I, he, it, from what I understand, things have kind of cleared up and gotten better since I kind of walk through the steps of how we would cleanse a home excellent of course i always have uh peaches there um whenever i get stumped she she gives me uh guidance on on what i need to do and what the blanks she fills in the blanks for me nice (laughs) so yeah that's the stories i had did you have any other like like uh, anything specific that was i think there was footsteps okay um doop 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 so footsteps that shouldn't be heard. Yes. <laughs> yeah, usually. Uh, oh, he said, I guess when he first cleansed, he said his plumbing went to crap. Uh, the water heater overflowed. Uh, the shower and the tub started leaking. And the toilets both had issues. Uh, and this is after they had an inspection. Uh, and everything was working fine. So I, I huh. again, I told him I use blue sage with lavender to cleanse the home. Uh, you can do it with white sage. I said... Uh, water issues like that could be a sign of an elemental, but I kind of wasn't feeling that that's what it was. I think it was just something else. Okay. Um, but yeah, he said he went through and did that and, uh, you know, he straight up said, you know, share my experience. Let me know, let let people know that how you helped me. And like I said, this is all the text messages. Nice. So, um, I think he, uh, so he, he saged with the, uh, the seven chakra sage. And then he filled a spray bottle of salt water and sprayed around the house from the basement all the way up to the, uh, and finished in the front door. Like I, we tell people, yeah, because you always want to end up the, the, 
front door out. or back door, so you're ending, you're pushing uh-huh. that energy out of the house. Um, and I believe that kind of took care of it, you know, and he finished up with saying that he enjoys the new podcast over the old one. Um, you know, I've, I've had several people tell me that they've left the other show, stopped listening to it and followed me to this one. And they like the energy that uh, the three of us have together. Welcome. I think we're, I think the three of us are the a perfect match for each other. We've got the, the smart guy, the, the guy that just is here. And then you got the, the comic relief over here in ghosty. Um, <laughs> The three amigos. Yes. The wolf much. pack. Neapolitan. Yeah. Oh. The wolf I was a wolf pack of one. And then I met you guys. And then we were a wolf pack of three. Yes. But don't worry, I won't roofie you. Um, it's like you haven't before. You asked me to. I won't do it at marshmallows either. That was what, hangover two? Yes. Yeah. Hangover movies. But yes, um yeah, I was glad that I was actually able to help him out, uh, even though it was through text messages. But it seems like things have kind of cleared up and and uh, he's going from there. Like I said. All right. Excellent. Excellent. So let's transition then. And uh, so we talked about, uh, you know, I think on the last episode that there was a new movie that came out. And we want to talk about that. So uh, if you guys haven't heard, there's a new Conjuring movie that came out on HBO Max and then the movie theaters. I saw it in the theater. Did you see it already? Oh, nice. my goodness. Yes. So we saw it in the theater. Uh, about 10 minutes into it, you know, it's all nice and quiet because there's like, uh, Peaches and myself uh, were in the theater. There was like two other, I mean, not that her and I are a couple, but there was two other, there was other couples in there. And yeah. then all of a sudden, like this group of obnoxious ass teenagers oh, no. come strolling in 10 minutes into the movie. Like, so they missed like the opening part okay. uh, of what's going on. And, and you know, obviously we'll talk about this in a later episode, but they just, they, as soon as they opened the door before they even walked up to like the aisle way to get their chairs, just talk, 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 talk sat down and they're just talking, 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 talking. And I don't know. I'm sure she could feel my anger rising. Um, <laughs> Cause I was about to just go off on these kids. And before I said, I was just trying to like get my composure. Right. Cause I would have been Gusfrava. not as nice as she was, but she leaned forward and she's like, Hey, shut the hell up up there. <laughs> and the best part was, is like, so she yelled that they all shut up and then she sat back. And then I kind of leaned forward just a little bit. One of the kids turned around, saw me, and then just turned right back around, and they didn't say a damn word the rest of the movie. <laughs> Good. Perfect. So I just think it's funny because he was look, he, the kid was obviously looking to see who told him to shut up, and when he sees me sitting there, you know, a big 300-pound, five guy with a big-ass beard, um, yeah, he didn't want to start shit. So he just, they watched <laughs> the movie. Nice. Nice. You will smother him to death. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> I watched it. Uh, our baby fell asleep, so that we, we thought it was a good time for uh, me, my wife, and my oldest daughter to watch it on HBO Max. And we liked it. It was good. So, Oh, we, this is going to be so much fun when we talk about yeah, that. Yeah, so we won't, we won't talk about it. So we're going to wait a few weeks. So we decided we'll, we'll talk about maybe the first two Conjuring movies uh, the next couple weeks and then get into the, the third one. Give you guys some time to watch it. And then... Then we'll we're, spoil it. We don't want to. We don't want to spoil you like, it. But. We're giving you like a month here warning that we're going to yeah. spoil the shit out of this movie. So, <laughs> but spoiler we're gonna, alert! But not to only, a spoiler alert! But not only <laughs> not only are we going to talk about the movie, but but then how it like relates to like the real. Because obviously, there's the real story that happened. Then they kind of gotta Hollywood. Hollywood it up a little bit, you know, to to make millions off of it, and that's okay. Millions. <laughs> I'm okay with that. <laughs> this this uh, franchise has made a couple billion dollars. I'm talking about the movie itself. The movie itself yes. is millions, yeah. 
So, but we wanted this episode to pay homage to maybe can we can say the grandparents of ghost hunting and ghost investigating, but Ed and Lorraine Warren. You can pay all the homage you want to them. Yes, <laughs> I think they are great. I used to. Oh really? Oh yeah. Okay, interesting. <laughs> I'll show you my research. All right. You won't think the same. Interesting. So, um, maybe you will. Maybe you won't. Okay. I used to. I used to idolize these people, and then uh, as the years have gone by, I, I don't so much. Okay. Anymore. I'll, I'll be interested to hear. I do think that the paranormal field probably would not be the way it is today without them. Mm-hmm. But. Okay. There's a lot of things they did that I don't agree with. All right. So let's talk about uh, let's talk about the early years. So Ed Warren was born in December of 1926 in Connecticut. Uh, growing up, Ed, uh, Ed's closet, um, he would see it kind of open up in the middle of the night, and he would go, or he's a kind of, you know, he didn't really know what to think growing up. He was, he was young. I think he lived in this house from age five to 12. So you're saying like he that. grew up in a haunted house. He grew up in a haunted house. Did he? And, <laughs> and he looked in one time and saw like an older lady in his closet. Was she wearing a black dress? I don't know. Black wedding dress. Maybe. That's insidious. Okay. <laughs> and he would tell his dad about it. Well, his... see, the, the, here's the correlation. Okay. Patrick Walburn played uh, the dad in Insidious, and okay. they had the spirit that was in the black wedding dress and uh-huh. were chasing him. He was also the guy that played Ed Warren. That's the correlation. Oh, yes, yes. Patrick Wilson. Patrick Wilson, yes. I said the wrong name. Patrick Wilson. <laughs> yeah. I was like, who, wait? I, He's I, a very I, attractive man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's, he's a good-looking not, guy, yeah. Not, not Ed Warren. That came actor. out of nowhere. <laughs> Nobody asked? Nobody <laughs> asked? Well, so it's very... Nobody. They're, they're, Silence. They're, Beaker. They're, he was so handsome. <laughs> <laughs> so good-looking. I want to touch his butt. <laughs> I want to put my foot up. <laughs> I hope he likes my poses. I will fight you. <laughs> so Ed Lorraine, uh, Ed Lorraine, Ed Warren would tell his dad about this you know, haunting in the house. And his dad would say, well, there's a perfectly good explanation for it. And then would never provide an explanation for it. Lorraine Warren was born in January of 1927, also in Connecticut. And as early as seven years old, she would see lights around people. She would later find out those were people's auras that she was seeing. I know someone else that's been able to do that since they were alive. Uh, So Lorraine... (laughs) <laughs> she went to a Catholic school, and that's when she found out in, in Catholic school that not everyone is seeing these lights around everyone else. Well, the two of them met at a movie theater. Ed was working at a movie theater. He was a usher. Back in the days, people would usher in the guests into the movie theater. Uh, they stayed in contact while Ed joined the Navy. He, I think he joined on his 17th birthday, actually. But the Navy ship he was on caught on fire, and so the whole ship was abandoned. People lost their lives. And something relevant that happened to Ed was that he was helping one of the other people that had jumped out of the ship. And he just kind of, they were surrounded by a wall of fire, is what he said. And he prayed for basically help. And then he said it kind of seemed like the fire kind of opened a pathway and they were able to kind of swim out. And so he just kind of felt like there was a higher being helping him. And he has been a devout Catholic his whole life. So that was just something that he was. He uh, strongly believed in. Were they like Roman Catholics? Yes. Yeah. So because of that, he was on what they called survivor leave because of the boat sank and a lot of people died. So he was on survivor leave. And during that leave, him and Lorraine got married in 1945 and they had a baby born in 1946. Continuing on with their story. 
So Ed wanted to help other people that he thought also might have had hauntings growing up like he did where he lived in a, what he said, a haunted house. So what he would do, him and Lorraine, they would drive to well-known haunted houses and he would sketch them. And he actually sold some of his sketches. Uh, he, he, he sketched a lot of different things, but his most popular sales was coming from the haunted houses that he would sketch. And so he had a little uh, thing that he would do with he would he would sketch the house, have Lorraine go up to the house and offer them the sketch that he made in hopes that they would invite them in and they can try to investigate. And that is kind of how they started doing their investigations. I don't know, but if you ask me, that sounds a little sketchy. that's kind of i mean that's kind of smart at least you're offering something and not just going let me get in your house and investigate here's a picture of your house by the way it's haunted (laughs) i love the well these were well known they they already had hauntings yeah i had hauntings that were kind of a little fishy to me and then in 1952 they started the new england society for psychic psychic research that was their paranormal group they they started they also taught other people because they started getting a lot more popular and well known and wanted a lot of people wanted them to investigate they couldn't do it all so they were teaching other individuals how to do this type of investigation uh, so they did that there uh, they were really into the idea of not profiting from research uh, you know kind of like us we wanted we want to investigate and help people not really we don't charge as well we're not trying to make a money off of this so they're they're I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) So they made money by doing lectures. They get paid to go and speak at lectures and also books that they wrote. So they they wrote six books. And their television and movie rights. And then they went into a lot of different. Yeah, obviously they sold their. They sold the stories of the people they helped. Yes. And um, they've done over. They've done thousands and thousands of investigations. Four thousand. Four. They have done over four thousand investigations and they sold your stories. To make money. So I kind of see Beaker's agenda here. Okay. <laughs> see where that's going. All right. So let's talk about these investigations. Well, they even said in the Amityville case, uh-huh. they because I did an episode on this on my last podcast. Okay. There was something that happened, and Lorraine Warren literally said, our lives now belong to Warner Brothers. Okay. So, so does she regret doing it then? Is that what you're saying? I don't think so. All right. I think, I mean, obviously they have to make money somehow, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and doing the lectures, yeah, I, I'm sure they made money on that, but I'm sure that's not where a lot of the money they came from because they were, they were consultants on some of the movies that were made, and I'll talk about that later. Yeah. But, um, yeah, the, I, my opinion is that I think they took advantage of some of these situations to monetize them. Okay. And we can talk about that later. All right. Well, I was going to talk about here some of the other high-profile, besides the Conjuring movies, uh, some other high-profile cases they had done, um, some other super haunted places. One is the Borley Church haunting, and that is in England. Have you guys heard of that? I have not. I don't think so. So Peaches has. <laughs> she's already shaking her head yes we have so, a special guest with um, us. she's not being there's, there's claims to have been hauntings here all the way back to the 14th century okay this church of okay. this church yep um this is also where there's been stories of a nun who had an affair with a monk Ooh, and scandalous. the nun was executed also where the origins of the nun movie kind of came from um 
I think that whole movie was completely fictional. And I think yeah, it was. Yeah. So, but I think the yeah, it was a spinoff. The premise of the nun came from just ideas from this haunting. Okay. Um, let's see. I think there was some things that happened there. Oh, some just some of the things that go on there. There's uh, claims of chanting or organ music being played, um, or the monk being seen roaming the halls. Um, another haunting high profile is called the West Point haunting back in the 70s. Heard of that? Anybody? No. no. Okay. This was a, a military academy in West Point, New York. Okay. Um, you know, I think I might have. Lorraine said she felt the presence of an Irish cook named Molly uh, who would knock over wine bottles and oh. make make mess of uh, freshly made beds. That was a bitch, right? <laughs> I think that might have been the one too, where because um, I read that the, there's a book that was written in 1980 called The Demonologist that talks about their their cases and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And obviously, there's stuff that happened after the book was written. But I remember there was a military academy where a guy's wallet would keep disappearing. Yeah, they talk about there's uh, a lot of things would just go moving or missing, and they would come up with the name of a spirit named Greer. Yeah. And then they come to find out there was a Buffalo soldier whose last name was Greer. That's I remember that part. I didn't know that's where it was at. So, so yeah, that's I've, the I've, one. I've that's heard the of one. that, yes. And then another famous one that wasn't in the Conjuring movies, but it's the Amityville Horror. Yep. Mm-hmm. We're all familiar with that. Um, so they did actually consult on the 1979 movie and the 2005 movie. Um, both Ed and Lorraine consulted and gave their input on those movies uh, and helped those get produced. Oh, nice. Um, but yeah, we know all about that. We'll probably talk about that in another episode. Um, and then there's this other one called The White Lady of Easton. Um, it's a ghost that people have claimed to have seen for decades. Uh, Easton, please, I don't know where Easton is. But uh, Ed ended up seeing a ghost and ended up seeing something there. He said he saw several ghost lights that came together to form a woman uh, with no facial features, but she had dark hair and a white dress. And then um, let's see. He, he said he made the mistake of walking towards it. And as soon as he did, it ended up disappearing. Hmm. Um, There's also a cemetery that's claimed to be haunted right next to it. Um, But apparently that was supposed to be one of the scariest moments for ed um and then there's another one called the south end werewolf where they had uh something where this guy was almost like possessed interesting not necessarily saying he was a werewolf but when they did a exorcism on him they said that it looked like he almost changed people witnessed it saying that his features changed into what looked like a werewolf for a little bit and then but his whole thing was he was attacking Think people, Interesting. but he was a normal person, and all of a sudden just would snap and go berserk. Interesting. And then they were going to admit him to a mental hospital. Well, they did, and then Ed performed a exorcism on him, and he was freed of whatever was happening to him. Yeah, I think Ed was the only demonologist that wasn't in clergy. I believe. At yeah, the time, he was, he yeah, was the only the only person that the, first the church demon, recognizes yeah. as a demonologist. Right. Um, and then there's another one called the Donovan family from the seventies. Um, where was this at? This one, they would have loud noises coming from inside their walls. Ooh. Um, 
That sounds good. The wallpaper would peel. The water in the sink would look like blood. Um, there were like crazy animal noises coming from odd ends of the house. And then uh, the one of the daughters confessed that she was using a Ouija board and uh, claiming to be talking to a little boy. Um, but then the Warrens, after doing some research, found out it was to be a, a, a demonic entity from what they said. And they also brought in a priest to that one. Um, another famous one. Uh, it's, there's been other movies and documentaries on this one. The Haunting in Connecticut. Mm-hmm. That famous one where that... Well, I know they worked on that one as well as their nephew, John Zaffis, also yeah. uh, was a part of that one as well. John Zaffis was a part of a lot of investigations. But yeah, he, that's where he got his start. He Yeah, now he was Ed's nephew. Um, and then there's another one called Satan's Harvest. This one, I guess there was a book written about this one. Um, this was about a possession of Maurice Thoreau. Uh, they did show this in the beginning of the Conjuring movies where they were kind of doing their um, their slideshow thing uh-huh. and they were showing that possession. Yes. Yeah. That was that this case. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, they kind of showed a couple different parts of this throughout the, their movies, but this was the case of this guy being possessed. I, I actually liked real quick on, on this Conjuring 3 movie, there's flowers that arrived. They go, oh, look, it's from the parent family. I kind of like that. Oh, little, okay. <laughs> yeah, kind of like that little nod that to the. <laughs> like, that's nice. <laughs> I saw that and I almost wanted to text Andrea and be like, is this true? <laughs> Did you guys send flowers? Did you send flowers? <laughs> is this Hollywood? <laughs> <laughs> um, then there's this other one called the Lindley Street Haunting. Um, this was also in the 70s. This was Gerald and Laura Goodwin adopted a girl named Marsha. And this is the one where they were having. This is where they saw furniture moving and the crucifix shooting off the wall. Oh, okay. So okay. this is the one with that little girl. And so this is an adopted little, little girl, and I guess there was a lot of poltergeist activity. Mm. That would be pretty cool to talk about more into depth with some yeah, of these stories. Yeah, there's a few of these I kind of want to do episodes on. Yeah. So uh, you guys should really read that book that I linked to. It's called, like I said, it's called The Demonologist by Ger- Gerard okay. or Gerald Butler. Oh, what do you put in our group message? Yeah. Okay. Um, but it talks about a lot of these cases. It goes into great detail about the Annabelle case and Annabelle case as well. Okay. Um, there's some cases in there. There's one where they uh, they saw a door literally like disappear in front of them, and then I guess it just reappeared in the basement. Hmm. That's interesting. That, yeah. Rocks, rocks raining. Oh my phone went off. Um, rocks this, like rocks raining on the house and all that stuff like that. Is that this one the Smurl haunting? I don't think I don't know. Because this one, Smurl, the Smurl haunting, this is the last one I was going to talk about. This is the one where they had a demon inhabiting their home for about a decade and was getting violent. It threw the dog against the wall. The beds would be shaking. Uh, they'd have loud noises at night. Um, they, this one had an inc- succubus, incubus, yes, it did. touchy-feely I know stuff this, going on. I know of this story. Yeah. Um, but pretty crazy stuff on this one, too. Yeah. Pretty, pretty it might crazy. have been the the case that I'm referring to, and I'll have to look it up. Um, the daughter started out playing with a Ouija board, and she was talking to a, a spirit of a teenage boy that was oh, lonely. That's the one that I talked to about earlier. Yeah, yeah, that one. That's the one where the 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 spirit the the entity convinced her it was like a teenage boy, and they became like friends, mm-hmm. uh, so to speak. And that's when they had issues like with rocks raining on their house, Ooh. nowhere else in the neighborhood, just rocks raining on their house. 
And then I think that was the same case where like they were upstairs and one of the bedroom doors like vanished and then reappeared in the basement. Okay, yeah, um, a lot of cool stuff in these stories that we can yeah. get more into. Whoa. So, uh, yeah, if you, if you haven't read The Demonologist, it's a very interesting read. Okay. See, see, That was see. actually the book that uh, Vera Farmiga um, actually read in preparation for her role as Lorraine Warren. And she's very beautiful, Vera Farmiga. Yeah. Yes. I, yes. <laughs> and Patrick Wilson. I'm going to say their name. very beautiful. Very beautiful. <laughs> they make a beautiful man. couple. <laughs> They they I wish uh, they'd get married in real life. They found beautiful people to play the Warrens because in real life Ed's a monster. Not really. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but I saw one article that's like the Conjuring's really a love story between Ed and the Ring. Mm-hmm. And they do pitch that. Did, well, rewatch the movies. Okay. They do focus a lot on the kind of the love story between well, Ed and the Ring. Just making sure that their their love stays. How their tight. love is strong, love and that's how they tight. overcome the evils of the world. I have heard, I did hear some interviews where a lot of people said how. Like, what a great couple they were. They always did things together. And I'm going to shatter all that here in a minute. All right. Um, <laughs> do you have any more? No, no, that was the last one. Remember okay. I said that's so, the last one. Uh, I, 19, um, <laughs> I don't listen. That was the last one. <coughs> so they did investigations from 19... Uh, till 1992. Uh-huh. Um <laughs> uh, Since the 40s, uh, whatever. They... Um, obviously, they created the, the, you know, you said they created the team in 1953 or 52. 52, yeah. 52. But yeah, they were doing um, investigations before that. But they did investigations uh, up until 1992, uh, I believe is when they did their final investigation. I couldn't find out which was the actual last investigation, but mm. that's about when they stopped. Was it um, because of Ed's stroke? Was that why? It might have been. Okay. But they, I, I know. heard something like that's why they stopped. I know that they stopped doing the investigations and, and it's very possible that that would make sense why they stopped investigating is because of the stroke. Um, but they always saw themselves, uh, like they both went and took art classes. They were both considered uh-huh. themselves artists. Uh, and they, they felt they were more, uh, educators than they were paranormal investigators. So they spent the rest of their time right. going around doing the different lectures and teaching people about the paranormal. This is what they did after they stopped investigating. Mm-hmm. And they would go around different colleges and stuff, giving the lectures. Uh, they would be on the radio and, and do TV interviews and stuff like that yeah. and teach people about what it is they do. And, um, unfortunately, uh, Ed passed away, uh, August 23rd of 2006. Uh, and then after that, um, oh, they also had their occult store or their occult museum They're at their house at their house. Right. So this is where they had Annabelle. And like, if you watch the conjuring movies when they're like, Ed's clearing out spaces on the shelves and putting, uh-huh. and, I mean, it's even in like the Annabelle homecoming movie and all that. They, they have this in their house. Right. Um, I like how John Zaffis does it because he's got a barn on his property, but it's not attached to his house. It's a good, <laughs> um, it's a good idea. <laughs> um, but um, they they ran their occult museum uh, together, and they did all this stuff together until, like I said, he passed away. Uh, Lorraine kept doing all of this without him afterwards, and she had, you know, still did interviews and stuff. She had some TV spots. I know she did uh, a couple cameos on a. A uh, show that I used to watch um, called Paranormal State. Loved that show. And that's the first time I met her, saw her was on that. Uh, same here. And and I used to watch Paranormal State. I'm like, these guys are cool. They're awesome. And I started doing some digging and some research because I have this bad habit of watching TV shows and movies and having imbd.com open right there next to me as I'm doing it. <laughs> and there was one episode that wasn't on Paranormal State. It, I noticed it skipped an episode. Okay. Um, in one of the seasons. It literally went from like, six to like eight or something like that. All I right. Can't remember. So I started looking into it 
and found out why. There was actually a lawsuit that was brought up against these people in paranormal state. So, the, so if you don't know what a paranormal state was, this is some dude that fr- went that Penn went to Penn State, Penn state uh-huh. um, and had paranormal stuff happen throughout his entire life, and he decided to start a paranormal show. And he will never else. tell anybody what it was that happened no. to him. And the one time he did, he. Cried like a baby. Someone touched his butt. No, he just started crying. You guys don't even want to hear about this. Yeah, you didn't see that episode. Yeah, no. So the episode I found it on YouTube. Okay. Um, and the lady had actually complained that, and this this is why I have a problem with some of these paranormal shows. The lady complained that the story that they sent to Paranormal State that they asked for help with, um. They didn't feel like it was dark enough for the show, so they created a ghost. To talk about on the show, according to the homeowner. Okay. Um, I don't know if this is factual or not. I'm just I've seen the episode. There's a part where they go rushing into the bedroom and they see a cold spot on the bed with their thermal camera. The lady claims that they uh, had found a six pack of Bud Light in the fridge and put it on the bed, and that's what they saw with the thermal camera. That's why there was a cold mm. spot. They said they acted like a bunch of college like frat boys and or sorority girls just there to party and have fun. Um, that's what really turned me off of that show. But that's where I first found about Chip Coffee and Lorraine Warren. And I've first met, time I saw Chip Coffee. I yeah. have met Chip Coffee in person, and yep. he is good at what he does. Mm-hmm. And I'll leave it at that. Um, He's—I've actually seen him on other TV shows and stuff like that. He's actually—he's a—he's a—he's a very nice man, and he's—he's he's full of sass. He is very sassy. He's, he's full of sass. He's very that guy. sassy. Um, <laughs> but he's also good at what he does. Uh-huh. Um. Uh, I bought his book. I, I saw. I, had I sign it. I sat down at his gallery reading at a expo that we had here. Yep. Um, that's where we met Andrea Perrin as well. Uh-huh. And um, just some of the stuff that he, I, I saw that he did at the gallery reading. He's he's pretty legit. Yeah. Um, it was good. But um, yeah, that's where I first saw Lorraine Warren's Paranormal State, and she's done other stuff as well. Like I said, she consulted on the both Amity movies. Uh, with Ed before he passed away. She also consulted on the first two Conjuring movies, and she had a small cameo in the first one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe it was while uh, they were... The college, the first in the college lecture. Giving yeah. the lecture. I mm-hmm. think it was the first lecture at the beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, she was She's in the audience as well. Um, unfortunately, she did recently pass away uh, uh, April... Spoiler alert. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Like April 18th, uh, 2019, I think, something like that. I don't know the exact date. It was April of 2019. Um, but yeah, that's how they spent the rest of their days. Um, just lecturing and, and, uh, teaching people about the paranormal and about what they did that I know the Amityville case is the one case that she refused to talk about. Apparently that was, it was, that's how haunted and terrible that place was. And yeah, that's, that's what they did. I know in 2013, after the first movie came out, um, apparently they had like a live in like, um, house watcher, I guess. Okay. Uh, her name was, her name was um, Judith Penny, and she met the Warrens when she was fifteen mm-hmm. and moved in with the Warrens. And I guess she would kind of like help their daughter uh, while the Warrens were out traveling and stuff like that. And she'd help watch the house and kind of keep over the occult stuff and that. Um, and she lived with him for like, huh? She's a nanny. She's a living nanny. Um, mm-hmm. And she lived there for about 40 years, like four, four decades is what it says. Now, when the movie came out, and, and, and I'm not going to give a whole lot of credence to this lady's story because I find it very convenient that none of this information came out until after the movie was released, okay. after the first Conjuring movie. Okay. Um, 
But this lady claims that she had an open affair with Ed Warren uh, the entire time that she was living with them. Uh, and Lorraine knew about it. She said that Ed was very abusive towards Lorraine and used to beat her. Um, and again, I'm not giving any credence to the story at all. Cause like I said, it, I find it very, very convenient that it's like, Oh, they're making money. Here's this story. Like I just, it, mm-hmm. you see that all the yeah, time. Right. Some, someone suddenly becomes like even popular. They get back into the limelight and someone pops up and they're like, well, this happened to me yeah, and I, I don't buy that. it for a second. But this lady, claims even though it's maintained it for 40 years. Yeah. This lady, yeah, this lady claims that she had an affair. Basically, was saying that like Ed and Rain had an open marriage, and and that she slept with. She was, uh, basically Ed's living girlfriend, hmm. and she claims that he used to tell her that she was the love of his life, and he never loved anybody as much as her, and that she was like, I guess she was trying to get this out there. She wanted it in the movies or whatnot, and the movies were going in a different direction. Like I said earlier, talking about how their love. She just wanted to be in the movies. Pretty much. (laughs) I think so. Like I said, I think this is all bunk. I don't think any of this actually... She did live with them, Uh and she basically was a live-in nanny and helped take care of their daughter and helped take care of the house. Um, And and, uh, at the time that this is coming out, I believe the daughter... I can't remember her name. Judy. Judy. um, Basically said that, like, she never saw any of this. Like, none of this happened. And most of the time, uh, the uh, Penny, uh, the lady's last name is Penny... um, had a boyfriend, like a living boyfriend yeah. as well. It wasn't Ed, like so. Um, okay, interesting. I just, I just think it's funny that all of a sudden it's just like, oh hey, you know this happened, which like I said, I don't believe a single bit of it. But like you said, they did make their money off of the lectures and like that and and the likes. But they did also make a lot of money. Um, and, and you hear about the Amityville case, how the Lutz, like people claim that they fabricated that story right. so they could sell their books and that and make money that way. And I'm not saying that the Warrens um, intentionally did that, like, to start with, but it kind of feels like towards the, you know, late 70s, early 80s, there, I mean, there's so many TV movies and movies and books and stuff written on what they did. Um, it almost, to me, feels like that they were taking advantage of certain individuals and, like, taking their stories and selling their stories to make a profit. Did they not ask for permission? I don't know. I think with the Amityville, they did. Because the Lutz were very heavily involved. Like, George Lutz was heavily involved with the making of the Amityville movie as well. But from some of the research I've done and some people that I've even talked to that the Warrens went to. Um, like, uh, the interview that I did with her, she basically said, obviously it didn't happen the way it happened in the movie. Right. Her mom, you know, Andrea's mom, didn't go to some lecture hall and meet Ed and like, we're having problems. They actually contacted a different paranormal group. And then next thing you know, like Ed's calling the house. Right. Um, but I've heard that happen a lot. And this is, I don't know. Cause I wasn't there. I'm just playing devil devil's advocate here. Cause like I said, there's a lot that we've learned in the paranormal community that we wouldn't know if it wasn't for them. Sure. Um, yeah. They, they paved the way for everybody else today. Yep. You know, they, they were, you know, the, the leaders of the industry and, but you just hear a lot about how they just showed up uninvited. People didn't want them there. They didn't really do anything. They didn't fix anything. Sometimes they made things worse. But you can hear about that about anybody. You know? Yeah. yeah. So how much of it is true on what they actually did and didn't do, I don't know. Because I wasn't there. But I'm just kind of showing you both sides of, of... So why do you hate them so much? 
I, I personally, I kind of do feel that they did take advantage of some of the people that they helped. Did you get taken advantage of? Yes, by you. <laughs> <laughs> what if you found out that they got uh, permission from those people? Well, then they got permission from the people, but I don't, I don't think that they got permission from everybody. Uh, I mean, as far as like coming to their house, it's like, oh, I hear something. It's like the Enfield case, uh, Conjuring 2, basically. Okay. Um, it's like, from what I understand, they weren't even invited. They just showed up. They heard about it on the news and they showed up. Right. And they were there for like a day and then left. They weren't as involved, according to research I've done. Hmm. So, like I said, I don't know the actual stories. Um, but just from the some of the research I've done, it just felt like they took advantage. Like, here's a high-profile case. We're going to show up and say we're involved. Does that make sense? Yeah, I don't hate the hustle, though. Whether or not, <laughs> whether or not that's what they actually did, I don't know, and I probably never will know. But, but I don't, I don't hate the hustle though. Like if if they're if they're like we're we're trying to put ourselves out there because you know if their intention is I do want to help this family, I think we have the tools with with uh, Lorraine being a clairvoyant, a, a psychic medium, as they and they, they were say. the only ones really at the time that I, I'm sure there was other teams, but probably. Well, Morris Grossman was just. They're investigating the Enfield yeah. case before the warrant showed up. But it almost to me feels like it's like, hey, we're here. We're going to help you. By the way, we're writing a book on this. Yeah. I don't hate it, though. I'm not going to lie. I'm not mad at them for that. I, you know, you Opportunistic. Can, Yeah, so, really. for those of you that couldn't hear what uh, Peaches uh, just said, um, it, she seems she said it was basically very coincidental that every single entity that they dealt with was a Christian-based entity. And there's so many religions across the world that there's, I mean, I, we've, I've heard it from my friend Jimmy, like, you could be talking to an old uh, demonic entity from Babylon, and uh-huh. you invoke the name of Christ, and the, the entity's going to be like, who? Right, right yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's... I th- I think I'm not a fan of religion at all. So I don't I'm not a fan of like the word demon and well I use inhuman I use an inhuman entity or inhuman spirit. Right, exactly. But I mean just just you know reading things off the way things are worded in text and the way things are worded in movies and and TV shows Everything is demonic and demon, demon, and evil and evil, demon and angels. Well, and that's <laughs> that's pretty much what the Warrens did. Yes. And because how many of those cases did you just talk about where they said they had a demonic? Entity? Exactly. Exactly. What are the it's chances? How it is here. Four thousand so cases. Funny. Every single one's a demon. Exactly. It's I'm, so I'm sorry. Like, like I said, I, I got to give mad props to the Warrens. They were good at what they did mm-hmm. and they paved the way for the rest of us. Religion. We probably wouldn't be sitting here if it wasn't for what they did. So I, I got to give them props. But at the same time. Uh, I like you said they are very opportunistic. Yeah, and I think they played people. That's just my opinion. I'm sure I'm going to get hate for this, but that's that's what I believe. <laughs> well, I feel like if people didn't want them, they could have kicked him out of the house, just like Andrea Perrin's dad punched him in the face. Yeah, they did. They, they <laughs> kicked him out. Punched him in the face a few times, I'm sure. <laughs> so you know, it's not like they had to keep them there. I almost want to go through and like pick apart that interview and cut out a certain individual and just play what Andrea said. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to get her back on and interview her sometime. 
Yeah, love to have her on. I mean, we we might even play maybe maybe some recordings of that that we interviewed with Andrea. So again, we we mentioned her. Andrea Perrin is one of the kids, the oldest kid uh, of the Perrin family that was the first Conjuring movie was based on. And this, I've heard stuff about Andrea. I someone told me that they met her in person. They just felt all this negative, evil energy coming off of her. Mm. And the four of us in this room have met her. And we all disagree. Yeah. This lady felt like that long lost grandma that hadn't seen you in years. And when she hugged you, she embraced you and would not let go. That hug lasted forever. And you could feel how much love and joy was coming off of this person. She truly loves everyone she comes to contact with. That's a good reason to remember. Don't believe everything you hear from people. Like this is one of the most amazing. They dealt with that shit for 10 years. And to feel that much love and energy coming off off of her. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, you love her. I yeah, do. you love she, everybody. I, I do. Especially Patrick Wilson. Yeah. Patrick Wilson. Yeah. Touch his butt. Give, give Beaker a call. I know you listen to the podcast. So. <laughs> yeah, you're one of the 45 people that listen to us. So. <laughs> his little bird's going to whisper in his ear. They're talking about you on this random podcast in Utah. <laughs> He's like, oh, yeah, the EVP podcast. I'm very well yeah, aware of it. Yeah, I, I follow I, them. I know well, of course. <laughs> yeah, I'm having lunch with them next week. <laughs> <laughs> That's my two cents on the Warrens. Okay. That's just what I think. So, Like I said, I might get some hate. I might not. I don't care. <laughs> That's just my opinion. No, it's okay. You can have an opinion. That's what we yeah. do on this show. We yeah. have our opinions. We tell what we think. We have different opinions, and that's okay. Yes. I just think they're opportunistic, and I'm not they, mad at them for that. They definitely were. They took advantage of people. <laughs> I ain't mad at them. No, hey, if they helped, I don't people, think they did. If at the end of the day, if they if they actually helped people feel safe in their own homes or get that closure that they needed, that's what matters. Well, if they did four thousand cases themselves, and we're only talking about like a dozen of them, yeah, this I'm, is pretty sure, I'm pretty sure there's a lot of open and shut. Just say hey, this got out of there and it's gone now. Or just like whatever. ours, a lot of ours, we go there. Nothing's really here now. Maybe it was, and now it's gone. Or this is nothing really big, and now it's kind of gone. And like you said, open and shut, pretty, probably a lot of those. Yeah. Probably the majority, actually. Yeah, and those ones ain't going to make books. Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> or Warner Brother movies. Exactly. <laughs> but you know what will? Amityville. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's call that an episode. All right. So, so yeah, watch. so stay tuned for the next episodes. We're going to be talking about the Conjuring movies, the movie themselves, and how they relate also to the real story that happened. All right, let's go make our own fireworks, guys. Ooh, I guess we're going to your room next then. Yeah, ghosty out. Peace out, butterflies. Sayonara. Oh, yeah. Oh, God.